Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. You know, I have a terrible memory. I had a really good start to the programme this week. <laughs> and by the time I came upstairs to sit uh, and record it, I've forgotten completely what it was. But I'll probably huh. come up with a complete non-secretary later that will uh, explain it. But in the meantime, I will just have to say, what are you starting with this week? Well, we're back on AI again. Oh, yes. Which As I still so haven't tried are. out. Oh, well, I probably have tried out, but I certainly you haven't probably, tried you out. You probably have without GPT knowing it. Yeah, yeah. And um, the latest AI gizmo for us to discuss, maybe not appreciate, is a website called durable.co. Mm. Durable as in, well, durable. And it's a web builder. So what you do is you tell it the name of your business and an idea of what the business does. Yes. And it comes up with a custom domain name. Mm-hmm. It writes the content. It finds the imagery. And it builds a website for you in 30 seconds. Good grief. I mean, yes, I know indeed. you're quick, but you take a bit longer than that. I do. <laughs> It'll also give you hosting and uh, AI social media promotion for your website, all for $12 a month. So I said to it, OK, build me a website for a financial radio station called Share Radio. Mm-hmm. And it did in 30 seconds. And it came up with the following introductory paragraph. Share Radio is a financial radio station based in Greater London, providing up-to-date news, analysis and advice on the latest economic and financial news. Tune in to hear expert advice and get the latest updates on the global financial markets. As well as um, ridiculous stories about tech. As well as that. that. And it it, it added uh, three images to the website. Mm -hmm. One was of looking down at someone's feet, one was of a radio telescope, one was of an escalator, sorry, four images, and one was of an elephant changed to a post. Not quite sure about those. <laughs> <laughs> That's slightly bizarre. Okay. Mm. Wow, extraordinary how fast things are moving. How fast things are moving, exactly. Are they perhaps moving too fast? A well, group of... A oh, yes, oh, I was wondering AI if you were going to mention that. Yes, I was going to mention yes, that. Yes, okay, they've I'll called for a pause in the AI development. Uh, these are people from Amazon, from DeepMind, from Google, from Meta, from Microsoft. And they include not only Steve Wozniak, of course, the co-founder of Apple, mm. but even Elon Musk, who co-founded OpenAI. So it's very surprising. And their statement begins, recent months have seen AI labs locked in an out-of-control race to develop and deploy ever more powerful digital minds that no one, not even their creators, can understand, predict, or reliably control. Well, that's quite scary that these people are worried about it, but at the same time, it will have absolutely no effect, presumably, because even if 95% of the people developing AI stop, the people who are going to continue yes. are going to get yes. a jump on everybody else. And Once the genie's out of the bottle, you cannot put it back in again. Well, I was going to do Pandora's box, but it's yeah, similar. Yes, absolutely. I didn't last so, week. Well, I think I did I did Pandora's box, and you said you were going to do genie out of well, the bottle. I can only think of those two references. I'll try and come up with another <laughs> one for next week. Well, I mean, should we then be worried? If, if these you know, exalted minds are, are exercised about it, mm. then perhaps we all should be. But I don't know what what can be done. Nothing. Well, I think we should be worried. 
I mean, it can't be stopped now that it's been invented. But I saw a report saying that spam is much more likely to fool people now that it's written by AI because it won't be full of the usual spelling mistakes and grammatical mistakes. Now, I always thought that all those are put in deliberately to stop people like you and I from from clicking. They don't want people like us who are going to recognize spam. They want people that don't notice these things and therefore won't notice when they're being conned. Well, perhaps now more people will click. Perhaps more people will click. I think, yes. I think that is quite likely. <sighs> well, perhaps I'll get my um, my old manual typewriter uh, out of the loft and uh, yes. start using that instead. That. It's quite hard to get ribbons these days, but I'm sure they exist Is somewhere. it? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you can get them somewhere. Have you tried Google? Uh, well, I might try Tom Hanks. He's obsessed with typewriters, isn't he? So um, I'm sure he is knows he? where. Oh, Tom Hanks, yes. And you tell us about the app. You told us about the app in which um, uh, text was designed to look as if it had been produced by a typewriter. Oh, well, remember? that's true, yes. Yes, he's yes. written books on typewriters. He collects typewriters. Yes, he's absolutely obsessed with them. Extraordinary. Maybe they're, maybe they're not such a bad idea after all. Mm. Well, it is, it is worrying. So worrying, you might like a beer. Well, How about thank you. the world's yes. first powdered beer? Oh, I've gone off the idea slightly. Well, the thing is, beer is 90% water. So a group of German monks who operate under the name Kloster Brauerei Neuzeller, and my German accent is not very good. So shall we hear what Google makes of, uh, makes of that name? Do, do we trust this as being a reference? Let's try it. Kloster Brauerei Neuzeller. Well, it sounds a it's little a more Germanic. Miserable, though, isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, yeah. perhaps she's a teetotaler. Or perhaps she's had too much of the powdered beer. Well, that's that is true. But okay, how can you turn powder into beer? Yes, it's water. Good but question. what happens about, um, you know, um, effervescence? Well, this is the point. So beer is ninety percent water, mm -hmm. and so these people are saying, "Why are we shipping water all over the world?" So their target market initially is Asia and Africa. So it's very mm -hmm. expensive to ship all that all that ninety percent water. To them so they're saying that the ship powdered the powdered stuff and when you add water it turns back into beer now the slightly bad news is that the beer initially at least is alcohol free so it might not do the job of numbing well, you against the AI no that's curse. true except alcohol alcoholic beer is is increasingly popular one of the problems being it's nearly always much more expensive than the ordinary stuff mm. yes maybe this would be cheaper well maybe well not initially but maybe it would be cheaper. I mean, certainly if you can buy, you know, a spoonful of powder. We've got instant coffee after all. You just add water. Why That's not true. When did that? Just when did water? that come in? Instant coffee. A very long time ago, I think. Yeah. Yes. Look at that. Yes, we're intrigued. We haven't got instant tea yet. I'm glad to say. Though I'm fairly sure I've seen we it have sometime in the past. Tea. We yeah. have got instant tea. But it's dreadful. Dreadful. Um, I mean, even tea bags are not great. No, but you're a bit of a tea aficionado, aren't you? Well, I'd like a good cup of tea. Yes, I confess. Though, since my kitchen sink has started um, uh, getting slower and slower, I have actually res resorted to tea bags once more in case oh. it's the tea leaves that are causing the problem. But yes, instant well, coffee powdered beer was uh, right. instant oh, coffee yeah. was invented in New Zealand in 1890. Okay, but I don't imagine it was very popular then. I don't no, know, but you asked uh, when it was invented. That's yes, okay, that's true. Lots of things were invented a long time ago. I mean, electric vehicles were invented about the same time as the combustion engine, but they didn't really 
continue successfully for very long, did they? No, that is true. No, they didn't. So, well, uh, we haven't had one of these, so I think now is the time. Well, staying with the food and drink theme, from instant beer and indeed instant coffee to cheesecake, but not just any old cheesecake. This is the world's first 3D printed cheesecake. Oh, come on. No, but the point is, it is the it is the first food to be printed with seven ingredients. So it uses seven mm-hmm. inks, seven edible inks. The inks being cracker paste, <laughs> peanut butter, yes. strawberry jam, mm-hmm. Nutella, mm-hmm. banana puree, cherry juice, and frosting. You'll notice there's no cheese in there, which is a little odd for a cheesecake. Yes. Hmm. It also includes a blue laser and an infrared laser so that it can cook the relevant ingredients as they're laid down. It looks a bit ugly because it's built in strata, you know, like like most 3D printed things. So it cooks as it goes. You don't even need to pop it in the oven. No, it cooks as it goes. Isn't that extraordinary? And has anybody tasted it? I imagine the people who made it have tasted it. But what a combination. Peanut butter, strawberry jam, Nutella, banana puree, and cherry juice. But you did say this was American, didn't you? I mean, they have very strange combinations. It is Columbia University. They do have very strange combinations, yes. Yes. But but no cheese. I don't think they can really call it a cheesecake if it hasn't got any cheese in it. No, I suppose that's true. Maybe Um, it's a cheese style. The obvious question is why? Um, Why? Because the the goal is to move towards where we don't have a cooker in our house, but we have a 3D printer that will then knock up whatever we fancy. <laughs> right. Or Star Trek style. Okay. Though I suppose at the moment there are rather more people that, with cookers than there are with 3D printers. So, yes, okay. <laughs> there are at the moment, yes. But then back in 1889, there were no people with instant coffee, and then there were lots. So the thing is that things do change. Yes, they do. I do. The theme um, of this show really is changing. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, with me railing against it all the exactly. time. Uh, let us take a break. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Gadgets and Gizmos on Share Radio. I'm Simon Rose. He's Steve Kaplan. What next? Well, from a 3D printed cheesecake to the world's first 3D printed rocket. rocket. Okay. Yes, is it edible? Launched. It's not edible, fortunately. Okay. But it also has no cheese in it, so I suppose it shares that with a 3D printed <laughs> yes, cheesecake. Yes, that's true. It launched on March 22, last, so last week, March 22nd, and made by a company called Relative Space, and the rocket was called Good Luck Had Fun. So they're clearly... A wacky bunch of engineers. That seems very and bizarre. It is 85% 3D printed, including the engine. Took off mm-hmm. from Cape Canaveral last week. Successful lift lift off, but then stage two failed and it fell into the Atlantic. But they say on their website it will be able to send 1,250 kilograms of stuff into space for you for $12 million. That seems like... That seems like too much, doesn't it? Maybe well, it's one point. It's not something I've ever costed up before. I occasionally, you know, cost up sending something within the UK, but I haven't yet had cause to cost it up for going into space. Well, I suppose I suppose you haven't, but um I, I imagine you will. 
Well, maybe you won't. <laughs> I don't think you and I are actually the target market for this. Let me just check those numbers because that doesn't sound right to me. Yes, 1,250 kilograms. That's a lot. That's an awful lot. Hmm. Well, there we are. Yes, there well, we if are. Really got... So, you know, maybe it's going to be cheaper than using the um, local storage company. You've got lots of stuff to throw out. Send just send it off into space. Exactly. Yeah, of course, that's where exactly. everybody else sends their rubbish. Yes. Yeah. Getting it back, of course, is just another matter. Well, it's true. But then you won't have to pay every month for the looking after no. it. I bet they'll impose import duties when you bring it back, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so, onwards, onwards. Yes, back down to earth, down to earth with a thud. Uh, concrete. Everything is built of concrete. Concrete's been around for many thousands of years. The Romans had yes. concrete. Uh, as you know, yeah. and the trouble with concrete is it produces a lot of nasty emissions in the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So at the VTT Tech Research Center in Finland have produced a form of concrete that absorbs CO2. So traditional concrete absorbs carbon dioxide and the carbon dioxide corrodes any steel reinforcement in the concrete, which is you know, a bad thing. Yeah. They have produced what they call carbon-negative concrete, which uses not cement, but a mixture of blast furnace slag and green liquor dregs. I don't quite know what green liquor dregs are. Chartreuse? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's not enough dregs from chartreuse yeah. consumed in the world, you, you would think, think to help. Well, maybe they take out the stuff that they put in the alcohol-free beer so they can make it alcohol-free. Okay. I imagine the green liquor dregs is a technical term and doesn't specifically apply, apply <laughs> okay. just to uh, shortness. <laughs> okay. And the idea is that it traps more carbon dioxide than it emits. That is, so it, it traps more carbon dioxide during its lifetime than it uses to manufacture it. So it is carbon negative. And it's made That's by a Finnish impressive. name, a Finnish firm with a name that I was entirely unable to pronounce. So I you're, asked Google. You're very keen on these pronunciations all of a sudden, aren't you? Here we go. Rakennusbetoni ja elementti Oy. We have no way of knowing how accurate that is, do we? We don't, but there's no reason to assume that it wouldn't be reasonably accurate. It's the no, final no. syllable that I found particularly hard on that one. Let's, let's do it again. Let's do it once again. Rakennusbetoni ja elementti Oy. Oy. Yeah, it's more than just that, though, isn't it? It's spelled well, O-Y, but obviously it's... I had enough trouble with things like French at school, certainly I'm glad we didn't have to do Finnish. You would have difficulty with Finnish. Yes, I, I believe I would. I did try Icelandic once, but that's very difficult. But our book, Dad Stuff, was translated to Finnish, wasn't it? That's true. We actually yeah. got onto the chart in Finland. Yes. Did we? Yes. We got into the chart. We were number one on Amazon. Yes, we were. Very briefly, and by the time I got home, we weren't anymore. No, but, but we long have enough for me to get the screenshot of us yes. above the latest Stephen King novel. So I think yes. that's quite impressive. Indeed, indeed. So um, uh, let us move on then, away from Finland, I imagine now. Away from Finland? Well, you could go to Finland in this. So camping. Um, camping, <laughs> people are fond of camping, particularly at festivals. Yes, but I think us. some people yes. are more fond of glamping. Glamping mm. being, of course, glam camping, rather more comfortable camping. And you can tow a caravan behind your, your car, or you can tow an RV, which is Americans are very keen on their mm. RVs. 
And this is the Wild Romoto RV, which is, it's a, it's a trailer about the size of a sort of standard lorry trailer. Mm. And it is, imagine a rectangular box the size of a sort of lorry box. Mm. The front end of it is 360 degree, 90, sorry, 180 degree curved around the vertical axis. Can you picture that? Yes. The back end is curved 180 degrees around the horizontal axis. Right. And it's very, very pretty. And it has a bedroom and a bathroom and a kitchen and a sort of diner section. And when you get to where you're going and you park it, it rotates 90 degrees around its shell. Mm. So the inner part rotates. So left outside that inner part is a, a hollow shell, which has a deck in it and lights at the end. Mm-hmm. which you can use as a deck and you can put your deck chairs on them or have your barbecues on them. Oh, you sound quite enthusiastic. Are you getting one? Well, I'm not getting them for two reasons. Three reasons. Firstly, because I have absolutely no need for uh, for an RV. Mm-hmm. Secondly, because they're made in New Zealand. And thirdly, because they cost £230,000, which is quite a lot. You could stay at an awful lot of good hotels for that, couldn't you? Well, it's true. Yes, I don't know how much RVs cost. I suspect they're not cheap. I suspect they're not cheap. But this RV doesn't have an engine. You have to tow it behind your car. But if I were in New Zealand, if I were a New Zealand millionaire and I wanted to head off into the outback or whatever they call the outback in New Zealand, I probably don't call it outback, then I would probably snap up one of these because they're absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It's called the what? So we can it's go online and have a look. Wild Romoto, R-O-M-O-T-O-W. Okay, I shall go and uh, have a look later. Um, let's have, have one of these later. in the interim. So where now? Well, back home, at least back home for me, because a couple of weeks ago, I had a leak in the pipe coming out of my cold water tank. Ooh. Yes. And I noticed that I had to keep on restarting the boiler because it kept on turning off due to low pressure. I couldn't work mm. out where it was. And then I saw that the colour of my bedroom ceiling gradually changed. I say gradually. <laughs> it was a small change at first, and by the next day, it was a very large patch, which both mm. on the ceiling and on the wall. Not much fun. So, not much fun. So I managed to fix it. I put some holes in the ceiling to let the water out, having got someone to <laughs> hold a bucket underneath it. Right. And wait for it to dry out and paint it over the ceiling with a water resistant paint. And that was fine because the ceiling is white. But the wall was a pale blue, which is the color of my bedroom. Mm. How do you fix that without having to repaint the whole bedroom? Well, I took a scrap of the paint down to home base Mm. and I said, can you match this? I said, yes, of course we can. And they put it under their camera and they gave me a tester pot for just four pounds of the paint, which was plenty to cover the the area I needed to cover. And when I painted it on there, you absolutely cannot see the join. It was a how, perfect match. How did you take the paint off if it's on a wall? What did I you scraped do? A, I scraped a bit of wallpaper off. Okay. I'm only the size of a postage stamp. When I say a postage stamp, I mean an old postage stamp, not the <laughs> not the one of these new enormous ones. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Okay, well, that seems absolutely wonderful. So, so you didn't even have to go back to get the proper paint. The test, yeah. test pot was enough. That's extraordinary. Just the pot was enough. It was fantastic. I was so impressed with it. 
I, I tried a similar thing in, in B&Q uh, on a previous occasion, but you have to buy quite a lot of paint there, whether you want it or not. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had to buy... I'm impressed. And how, how did you fix, actually fix it. the leak in the boiler? I got a man in. Oh, yes. Obviously, I got a plumber in. I don't do things like yes. that. No, no, no. I, know. I do gadgets, yes. but plumbing is frankly completely beyond me. Well, I'm I'm impressed. I, I have a need to match some paint soon, so I will take that into account. Thank you. Hmm. Let so, us move on mm-hmm. to old people. Old people fall over. And when they well, fall over... By, by old, how old? Older than us. Oh, okay. Really old <laughs> people, then. Really old people. And when they fall over, it can be life-changing for them if they break mm-hmm. a hip or, or leg or whatever. And the answer could be smart socks. You see, you thought you were wearing smart socks, but they are nothing on these smart socks. These smart socks have been invented by Nottingham Trent University, mm-hmm. and they detect when you're likely to fall. And it, they have near-fall detection sensor alerts that then tell your family mm-hmm. or other healthcare professionals, and then they can come around and I don't know what they do then. Do they stay there for the rest of the old person's life, ready to catch them? Or let's tell them to sit down and make them a nice cup of tea. Or indeed a nice cup of instant coffee. Or indeed some alcohol-free beer. Mm. Cheesecake. I think old people like cheesecake. <laughs> they probably like it with a bit of cheese in it. Yes. Okay, well, that sounds quite impressive. I think it's a good idea, isn't it? Yes. Well, yes, as long as you remember to put the socks on at the beginning of the day. Yes. Well, that is, again, the trouble with old people. They forget things, don't they? Uh, yes. I've forgotten lots of things. I just made a booking for a hotel to go away for a music weekend, and then uh, somebody reminded me I was supposed to be in Turin then. So, yes, oh. uh, old people forget lots of things, and, you know, we're not even as old as we can going to get. No, we're old enough. We're not as old as, as the people who need, who need to smart get socks. Um, smart socks. Not no, quite not yet. yet. Not yet, but I'm getting closer, getting closer. So what now? What, young enough to be on a, on a motorbike, perhaps? And... Mm. In which case, we might make use of some airbag trousers. And these are trousers. <laughs> they have a, a carbon dioxide bulb in the side with a chain that's uh, linked to the bike. So that if you fall off the bike, they balloon up to vast sort of clown size. And and they stop you damaging your legs. They assume you're wearing a helmet. Made by MoCycle.com for $445. Which is Grief. quite a lot for a pair of ballooning motorcycle travel. Well, given how awful the crashes are if you're on a motorcycle, um, maybe it's quite useful. Well, Honda have just patented a motorcycle airbag. Not available yet, but the idea is it'll be built into the dashboard of your motorbike. Mm. And when it goes up, it will explode and wrap itself around you, cocoon you. So it wraps uh, under your arms, around the back of your body, and it also attaches so, to the bike. So the motorbike will stop and you'll go bouncing along the road. Exactly. Yes. That's the idea. Yes. And just having to I'd hope like you to don't hit it. anything on the way. Okay. That's yes. very strange. It's very bizarre. When I was skiing um, recently, there was somebody pushing past to get onto a um, onto a lift um, because I think his instructor was, was ahead of him. And as he did so, and I was just getting grumpy, there was this loud hiss, and this airbag suddenly exploded from his rucksack. It was clearly a thing designed to sort of um, come out if you're uh, caught in an avalanche. But I can tell you something. It's not very convenient when you're in a queue of a lot, lot of people trying to get onto a lift. Uh, the person in front of you has an airbag. Was <laughs> yes. it big, the airbag? Uh, on his back, though. Why was it on his back? 
Uh, well, I don't know, but that's clearly, clearly. I don't know. Maybe it helps find people by making a space in the snow above you. I don't know. Ah. Well, I don't know. A lot depends on. If which it was way. an airbag filled with helium, then you could just float out of the way and well, above the avalanche. That is true. It certainly wasn't made of helium, and I've no idea how he got it back in there. But it was. So I wished I'd had my camera of at course. the time. Yeah, that would course. have been great. Anyway, that is it for from airbag trousers and bouncing. Uh, motorcyclists. Uh, we will finish Gadget and Gizmos for this week, but there'll be more next week from Steve Kaplan and me, Simon Rose. That's it for today, though. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.